this is John Cloud Jones. This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. Yo, it's your boy Buddy Hughes. This is Jazz the Kid Chisholm. And you? Logged on to 10th Year Seniors. The 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. You logged in with 10th Year Seniors. Welcome to 10YS Conversations. We are now, I know I say this every time, I always say we have a very special guest in studio, but I really mean it this time. I'm going to have to say that to everybody. Future <laughs> WNBA MVP, Jonquil Jones of the Connecticut Sun. Finally able to track her down. I'm so happy to have her join on the pod. Jonquil, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. I'm happy to be here with y'all. How are y'all doing? We're good. I mean, we will be a lot better once the semifinals get rolling and we see what's happening with the sun. We're going to be a lot better. It's been a tense few days waiting on the playoffs to get going, but we're going to be better as soon as you hit the court. Yeah, the whole thing is it's looking to see where the the pieces fall. So it's going to be East Coast, West Coast finals, regardless of, of what happens. It wasn't like last time when you were in the finals when it was just a whole East Coast affair, but... Yeah, like I said, we're, yeah. we're just ready for, waiting for it to go. Yeah, that's it. Just waiting for it to start. Now, I feel the same way just watching the games and stuff. It's like, I'm so ready to play. Like, I'm ready to go. So um, it feels good to kind of get that last practice in. Let me think we have now is to shoot around and then it's time to go. Now, I have to start in the most obvious place, obviously, when you're talking to a basketball legend. We got to talk music first because now you were named, <laughs> you were named to the all-WNBA defensive first team but i need you to defend this take you tweeted that k camp got the album of the year with float yeah he does i'm trying to tell you listen you got to defend that float 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 i think is killing it right now i think i forgot that j cole dropped the album this year too but float is up there i feel like it's better than clb i feel like it's better than um I'm hey, sorry. I think CLB is overrated. Her, that that her. that's my that's my take, and people get mad at me when I say that. All right, this is where we're gonna have wait, to end wait, the wait. podcast. What's your take? I didn't hear. Oh, I said um, I d- I don't like the album that much. CLB. Yeah, not a big fan. Yeah, I feel like it grew. It's grown on me over time, but it's still not the, the, the level of Drake that I'm used to. And I'm sorry, like if you if people really sit down and listen to Float, that album is really 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 good. Like I feel like it's no song on there that I'm like. Nah, I don't want to hear it. Like, I'm playing that all the way through. Go ahead and listen to it. What's this? Is this a Drake sign over here in the corner? Yes, it is. It is absolutely ah, 100% a Drake sign. The whole plat- the whole platform is a Drake sign, except for John. I don't know where that take came from, but whatever. Uh, That's fine. I, You know what? Because I respect your musical opinion so much, and I know you got bars. Hopefully, you spit something for us before you leave. I know you have bars. Uh, don't hide it from us. I, I respect I your opinion. I respect your opinion. So what is on your pregame playlist then? Obviously, K-Camp got to be there, but what else are you listening to? Yeah, K-Camp. Um, honestly, Jackio. I like a lot of Jackio. Um, honestly, it all depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes I may even go slow before I go to the gym. It's not even like a, like I don't need to get hyped up before I get to the gym because like, I have my warm-ups. I have other things that I do to get me ready. So um, a lot of different stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of different music on there. A lot of cold, because cold is like my favorite. So, you know, if I'm saying K-Cam is album of the year over cold, that's a good album. I know, that's, that's why. That's a good album. Listen, when I, when I saw that tweet, I was like, we got to ask about this, because... Because this is the Drake lover right here. I hadn't seen that. I mean, no, it's it's not just him, though, but Mm. out of all the people that you have at the top, you haven't heard anybody saying that. So that his album had to be special for John Cole to say that. When Drake dropped the album cover, he was freaking out. Like, he was just like, it's the greatest album of all time. So 
the, he just saw the album cover and that was it. I like what I like. I mean, I don't oh, know. that's all it took. That's oh, all it took for him. You want a damn? We didn't even gotta hear the music. It don't matter. Dang, that's crazy. I wrote my review before the album dropped, but okay. Wow. So, <laughs> so sell out, sell out, sell I like what I like. So let's take it back to the 2020 season when obviously you opted you opted out and decided that it was in your best interest to, you know, not not go ahead and play in the shortened season mm-hmm. and just get ready for your season in Europe and the following year in the WNBA. What was it that went behind that decision and what was your mindset at that point? Um, honestly, it was just the, the um, COVID that was going on. You know, COVID still going on, obviously, but at the time it was something that was just so new. Um, we had gotten shut down overseas for it, for it which had never happened to me before playing overseas. Um, it was just like an unprecedented thing that we had to deal with. And it was just, it was a lot. And people didn't really understand um, the way it can really affect their bodies and some of the long, long lasting or long-term effects of it. So um, it was a lot of unknowns at the time, you know, and um, I just, I think that was the biggest reason why I didn't play. And then it was also the fact that they were playing a bubble season. And while I felt like we had all of the pieces necessary to win the championship, um, after thinking about like my health and thinking about the fact that like even if we do win, like it's not going to be in front of our fans. It's not going to be in front of any fans at all because you know sometimes people win on the road too. But um, it was just not going to be the type of environment that I wanted like my first championship to be in or like the uh, type of environment that I wanted to win it. Um, and so that that was the biggest thing that went into it was just the fact that like my health and then um, that it wouldn't be a regular season. So I think. Those were the two biggest things. And then when I started really just thinking about it, I'm just like, from not even not even since I graduated, but from before that, like college times, even high school, because we were always playing during like Christmas break or like, you know, just breaks that regular people would have. We don't get those breaks as basketball players. And so um, I thought about it and I was like, if this isn't a sign from God for me to take a break, then I don't know what it is, you know? So that's the way I, that's the way I looked at it. It was just like, there's a lot of unknowns. Let me be safe. Um, let me just give my body a little bit of rest because this is, this would be the perfect time to do it. And I'm happy that I did it. Yeah. And you talk about just the rest. I mean, women's basketball is a lot different than men's basketball. Cause literally there is, yeah. it doesn't seem like there's an off season. Every time we're looking online, it's like you're in Europe playing, playing Europe, uh, mm-hmm. the European ball, you're playing the qualifiers, you're playing WNBA. How's mm-hmm. it like, like, like that year off? I, my take is you just wanted to give the WNBA a break. Cause yeah, you knew you, you knew you were gonna come out and destroy people. Like you just said, you know what? Let me give you all this year to enjoy yourselves. But when I come back, y'all gonna know what time it is. But what's the difference between playing in Europe and the WNBA? Um, the WNBA is is the highest level of competition. Like it's no comparison in terms of that. But um, I think playing in EuroBasket, not my team in Russia, but EuroBasket, which is what I left the WNBA for this summer. It was a different type of environment, like national teams and stuff, and seeing the level of pride that they have, and like everybody just showing up. And that was it. Was still during like an iffy time, COVID-wise. Like the stands weren't completely full because they had to like limit the amount of people coming in. But the energy in the gym was just amazing. Um, I think it did. I think it did my um, not notoriety, but like like people just being able to recognize me in a different. Um, like in a different place, like in so many fans from different countries, like Belgium or France, just coming up to me saying, like, like we understood you were a good player because you played for Ugemka, which is ECAP, my team, in Russia, but like they had never seen me 
um, in that like before where like, I was playing um, and having like I guess the role that I have with the Eurobasket team because a lot of them are fans but they don't really they're not watching WNBA the same way a lot of WNBA fans aren't watching overseas so they miss out on like seeing that so I think that was pretty cool too just to have people from different countries coming up to me you know win or loss and just saying like wow like we really like your game a lot and like you have fans now and, and you know overseas that are watching you that are following your career so um, that was amazing to me and then obviously us just playing really good basketball and um uh bosnia is like i feel like to me i always compare everything to the bahamas but um like for me i feel like bosnia is like like the bahamas of of europe it's like it's a super small country a lot of pride um a lot of things that they do kind of remind me of how like we run like the federation in the bahamas but um just a little bit more opportunity um stuff like that and so i think the fact that we were able to go there and compete against some of these bigger nations um, and and be able to win and then qualify for the World Cup qualifiers is pretty cool too. So um, a lot of good stuff there. And honestly and truly, I expect our team to be able to go ahead and qualify for the Olympics. And um, sometimes it's bittersweet because I wish it was the Bahamas, but yeah. um, got to do what you got to do, and you know, got to go make the money. That, that that's a, it's business. It, it just makes sense. Like uh, we always have yeah. to tell people, you didn't give up being Bahamian. You just got a second no. passport. That's that's all yeah, you did, and opportunity it. arises, and playing in Europe, it just makes it easier. So people got to understand that you got to make a living. <laughs> that's the most important yeah, part. Definitely. We're not putting food on yeah. your table, but you got to put food on your own table. You yeah. got to put food on your own table, and then, um, you know, the opportunity was just so special and so different. It's like, I can't give up. Yeah, I don't have any kids yet, but I can't give up, like, putting my family, my future kids in, like, a way better financial stand, and I can't, I can't risk it, not for, you know, the experiences that I had with the Bahamas national team. It was just, like, it's not even comparable, you know? Like, I can't. <laughs> no, we get it 100%. Now, you talked, uh, yeah. about, you talked about that ECAT team in Russia. I don't think people understand the sacrifice that it takes for you guys to be a part of that team because if you do not know, this team is stacked like when you play in 2K with your little cousin who don't know any better and you get all the good players <laughs> on a custom team. That's what this ECAT team is. So how do you think that elevated your game just being in practice against these women? You had Brittany Griner on this team, Brianna Stewart, Courtney Vandersloot. This was a stacked roster. So how did that impact your yeah. game just being able to work with them just about every day in the off season? Yeah, we're going at each other every day in practice, every day. Um, I'm always on the team that's opposite BG, so I'm always guarding her every day in practice. So, um, you know, I got to come in my A game and, and make sure that I'm making her work and um, getting her better as well. But I think that's the biggest thing. I think our team um, and ECAT, they did a really good job of putting us, putting a team together of players that are stars in the league, but also players that um, know how to put team first and are unselfish. And so, like, when you look at that roster, you would think like it has to be like a clash in the heads. Like it has to be some type of ego and it's none of that at all. It's just people who just want to win and um, are just happy to be there and be able to just be in the presence of other great players. And so I think that's one of the cool things about our team over there is that um, no matter what personal success or even team success you had in the WNBA, people come over there and we're ready to work and um, we fall back into that team atmosphere and camaraderie really quickly. I feel like you're doing the Jordan thing where it's like, let me, pick their game so I know yeah, how that, to play them. That was going to be my next How question. they play them in the regular season. So it's just like, let me make sure y'all, let me, let me get this little insight for you so when I play you in the season, yeah, you just play better. Yeah, 
Most definitely. Like, I already know. So our, our semifinal matchup is against um, the Chicago Sky and James Wade was our assistant coach. Well, he was my assistant coach for my first two years over there at the NECAT. Um, and he was there years before. So I already know he's going to have, like, a good scouting report ready for me. So I'm excited to play them. And um, I know you probably talk a little bit of trash, too, because I know James. But um, it's going to be interesting because uh, it's definitely like that. It's like you, you respect your teammates. You want the best for them. Um, while they're on your team, and then you go back, you come back to the WNBA, and you're like, nah, you got to force it this way or force it that way. If she about to shoot over this shoulder because you know their tendencies so well. Was there a moment either in Russia or playing with Bosnia that you thought, you know what, this year is going to be special? Like, I know every year as a pro athlete, you come in, and everybody says the lines in the offseason, in the best shape of my life, I've worked on this, this, and this. But was there a moment that you could point to that had yes. you thinking, you know what, I can really do something special this year? I think it was just my feeling, like the feeling that I had after playing Eurobasket. It was just like, you know, like when you have something in the back of your mind, like, okay, like, like I don't want to sound cocky. Like, it's really, I'll say it's really hard for somebody to stop me, sound, right? Sound cocky, and, JJ. Yeah. This is the home no, platform. No, no, I, sound I, I cocky. That's not me at all. You got to go ahead and do it. it. <laughs> but, but um, like, just like, you know, like, it's really hard to stop me. And then you go out there and you just say, you know what, I'm about to play. Like, I don't care what's going on. I'm about to just give it all I have and then you do it and it just it feels so seamless it feels very effortless and it just it just feels like you through and through and I think having those games over there I, I was already confident WNBA I was already putting up the numbers and stuff and starting off the season well but just to be able to then take that and do it um you know against another group of women in another basically another league essentially another style of play and still just see my game flourish and then um you know, like thrive over there. It just gave me like an added boost of confidence. And I was just like, like, it's literally me against me. I just got to have my mindset right. And um, just come out there with, a, with the right type of mindset. And it's really tough to stop me. I, I feel like throughout your career, like you came in with the defensive intensity rebounding the ball, but the evolution mm -hmm. of your game has completely changed. And we've always heard you use the comparisons of Kevin Durant type player. Mm -hmm. um, but if you had to be in a three-point shootout with Buddy, would you beat him? Yes. Would I beat Buddy? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hold on. Buddy already won a three-point contest, but I was close. Oh, you got swing that one. We're gonna got robbed. We got robbed because you played in the middle of a game. Then you went at halftime. You got robbed. And you shot it. I, I, oh. thought, I thought I had a higher score than her. I thought, I, I thought she was supposed to be shooting before me. Like, I was like, I swear I had one more point than her. Yeah. You know what? It's okay. All I'm it's saying okay. is we officially attend why I said you were swung. Um... That was unfair because your legs were tired. You were too busy getting the double double, and for some reason, not MVP of the WNBA All Star game. That's another. Yo, I mean, I'm, I'm just. Really, I'm sorry. Let's know. We got to get into that. We just we go. do have to because it's not okay. I know you were trying to be diplomatic, John Quell. You don't have to say it. We will say it for you. We were angry. Very. You know angry. what, WNBA? It's not okay because it was a poor job handling this entire All Star night. It's not okay. It's just. I'm not sorry. Yes, it was terrible because I'm, I have to. I have to be diplomatic because I do really genuinely care about Enrique and I love her game. But the stats was, come on, like, did someone just go in and be like, let's look at points. Yeah. Okay, that person. But you like, know did they not look at that sheet and saw what happened? And then it was like, it was the best talking point ever. Like, I literally tied Lisa Leslie's record. She was my coach at the time. And not even, even if you don't give me the award, you don't miss out on opportunities like that to tell stories and tie the, it. The narrative. Yeah. The narrative. And it was just like, how are we missing this? Here's the thing. Watching the game. You know when the game was over? When you hit that three-pointer. 
It was. The game was over. Any points after that should not have mattered because that was all garbage points. When you, you put the dagger in them right there, and I said, yeah. I, I, I bested now, and I said, now she's going to win MVP. And then Homegirl goes and she makes like four easy buckets. <laughs> and I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was upset. Like, I was really I upset. Remember, I remember a play. I remember a play specifically where like I had a shot and someone was closing up to me and I just dished it because that's just how I played. Like so many people was hitting me up like, what you doing, girl? No, like, no, no. And I was just like, Wrong move. I was like, nah, that's just not me. And it's never going to be me. And I'd rather win it. I'd rather win it being me no, than no. trying to do something extra and being somebody else. So, no, no. But I still felt like my body of work was enough. Okay. But hey, it is what it is. I think it was a few years ago when the Sun had you when they were doing the All Star Game campaign and they had you playing the Orthea role where that was your alternate yeah, character, yeah, yeah. right? Well, I think yeah. for the All Star Game you need to just be Orthea. Like, don't be John Quell. <laughs> don't dish the ball off or do anything like that. Just get buckets. Like next year, <laughs> this is the plan. Just go in there and get buckets. Like you can shoot it forty times. I don't think anyone's go for gonna fifty. Care. I mean, obviously you can shoot it forty times and check it. It's, no, this is what I'm saying. So if everyone else is doing it and that works, go but ahead. See, and the whole thing is, did they not include the three point contest? Because you, you would have had eighty some points if you include the three point contest. Like I don't get that's it. A good, that's a great point. Yeah. You're right. I honestly don't right. get it. Like you literally played the game first half. Shot a three-point contest, got a double-double. The only one to get a double-double. The only one? Only one. You know what? It don't make sense. What more do you want from me? All right. All right. So so let's get back to the season. uh, We talked earlier about when you had to to leave and you went to play in the qualifiers with Bosnia. Rough time for the Mm -hmm. Sun. Went two and three over that stretch. I know that had to be killing you. Just keeping an eye on what was going on here. Because you guys were playing so well. Headed into that, and the storyline was, you know, yeah, jump um, I was literally like, like trying to pull the games up or watching the games on my phone, like screaming at the phone and just going crazy. But um, I don't know. I feel like even though we didn't win those games, I'm happy that they pulled the two out that they did because those two made a difference. Those two made a difference between us being in first and being in second and um, basically swapping spots with Vegas. So um, it was tough watching that. I'm not even going to lie, especially because I felt like. Um, at some some parts in the games, we could have played better basketball, but um, I'm happy that it worked out and that I was able to go and that we still finished number one. And, um, you know, less, everything kind of fell into place for us. So it still worked out. I remember vividly after that stretch, you guys still, I think, had a were tied a top record in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the power rankings from ESPN mm-hmm. came out and they put Las Vegas in front of y'all. And I was like, how you can put them in front of him when they're missing the best player on the team? It's just like, and then not even at the time. I think we had played them twice already and beat, and beat them. them. So exactly. Like, I, I, I look at that. Like, they don't. They don't rate you. See, that, that, that's all I'm getting no, out of this. They no, don't rate you. No, it's just no, like, no. You know what is very important for us to note right here? Because your bias doesn't mean you're wrong. Like we are biased towards you, John Cole. We're not. We're not wrong. Same thing with the Drake album. <laughs> I'm, bi- I'm biased, but I'm not wrong about CLB. That's all I'm saying. Same concept applies. Oh, you were going so well until you started talking about that. <laughs> Same concept applies. Okay, so so you you get back and at following the Olympic break, historic run. What was it about yeah. this team that just clicked? Because fourteen games in a row, just completely untouchable. There was a one Commissioners Cup game. We're not going to mention blah blah blah. But once we get to yeah, the reg- yeah, yeah. once we get to the regular season, that was it. You you guys are just cooking everybody. What clicked? 
But you know what's crazy? I wanna I wanna mention it because now everybody's like, oh yeah, Connecticut's gonna win the championship. And I'm just like, there's no more tickets left on this train. Like them tickets been sold out. It was sold out since after the Commissioner's Cup game when we was the pits of the pits in the bottom of the league after one game. So um yeah, I think our, our tickets are done. So they may have to they have to pick somebody another team to win, but they can't pick us, especially all the ones who was talking trash after we lost that game. Call so name uh, I have mm-hmm. to say that, but name them. Um, I think just defensively, I think defensively our mindset has been just just locked in, and I think it starts with Jazz and Brian, um, just leading us in, and pressuring the ball and putting ball handlers and playmakers in terms of point guards in tough situations where they don't feel comfortable, they they never feel comfortable um, throughout the entire game. Um, and I think it just trickles down to everybody else because when you watch your teammates playing that hard, it's hard, it's hard not to want to be there for them. So if they get beat, I'm sliding over help side. Breezy's sliding over help side. And, uh, you know, Breezy goes, I'm, I'm sliding to take her man. So it's essentially the only the only right play is the, is the, is the skip out, and then at that point we're closing up, you know. So um, I think our defense has been the catalyst that has driven us these last 14. Um, and I think, well, I know that it's been uh, – a focal point in our preparation for these games that are coming up because um, we understand that defensively, if we if we handle that side of the ball, it's really hard for teams to beat us. I want to bring up a little bit of Brian. Um, what's it like just having that other big? Because we watched in the NBA Finals with DeAndre Aiden lacking that other big to be able to do some of the work and be able to help you out. Yeah. Like there were games throughout this 14-game streak where you maybe like a B. You know, you weren't playing your best mm-hmm. basketball. You were shooting yeah, off, yeah, but, sure. but you had her pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. Like, her mm-hmm. numbers were insane. Like, how does that as a player knowing that I don't have to have my best game for us to win? I think it's reassuring. Um, it just, I feel like it just reminds you that it's just, it's not about you. You know, it's not about you. It's about the team winning basketball games. And in a playoff run, you need it. Like you, you need you need a team around you who can go and make plays and get buckets when when the the best player or a focal point of the team isn't playing well, and that's what we have. And I think that's why that's why that's what's so reassuring about our team and so like it gives us that feeling of like we're gonna we're gonna win this because it's just so many things and so many players, so many options that we can throw at you to make the game difficult for you, and then there's so many offensive threats that we have that are just gonna be able to score the basketball in tough situations. And then you add Alyssa back into it, who is a killer, who's been practicing great and looking like herself. Um, and I think the only the only thing that hasn't happened yet is it hasn't really translated to um, a game. But in practice, she looks like herself. So um, it's it's really exciting. And I think uh, I think I need to go to bed so the game carrier comes tomorrow. I'll just play. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys heard that you got Chicago as as the matchup, what was the response like from the team? The response was it's time to go. I, and I think that was going to be the response no matter who it was. It was just just the way we feel is just that it's us. It's, it's our mindset and, um, and yeah, our focus going in. And um, while we have a lot of respect for every team that's in the playoffs, we just, we, we, we just want this. And we are very, very hungry. We are very ready to just get out there and play and, and get to that championship. Do you have to do that pro athlete thing to help with the motivation where you got to kind of create the chip on your shoulder story, like just to get after somebody that was a big thing in the last dance yeah. where everyone was talking about Jordan was making everything personal, right? Do you ever have to do that yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, most definitely. Because I, sure. I have, I'm ha- I have some ideas for you headed into Chicago. If we need to do that, have you done that with them yet? Let me hear, let me hear it. Go ahead. Okay. All I'm saying is 
there were some players that were honored. Mm. You know, yeah. get gut. They, oh, was it twenty five of them? Was it twenty five yeah. of them? Right, getting players being honored. Players, get, you know, cities giving them an entire day. The shoe endorsement companies just giving them, uh, you know, all kind of great gifts. You know, legendary yeah. type of players that you that you may be facing against one on one. You know. Hmm. Players that may mm-hmm. think that they deserve to be in that MVP discussion. I feel like it's time for you to just shut all of that down right now, headed into this matchup. Okay. It's gonna be yeah, a big matchup. It's gonna, I like the sound of that. it's gonna be a big matchup like for you right sound. here. When you yeah. go when you go against one of these legendary players, when you go against somebody mm-hmm. that's considered one of the goats of the game, that's time for you to make right. your mark. That's time for you to create your right. legacy. Here's my other thing. Hey, it's, I, it's, I think I'm calling you tomorrow while I'm <laughs> on my way to the gym. Hey, let's go. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not as intense as that, but it is. Why are you not in the top ten of jersey sales? This is one thing I, I haven't figured out. Like, it makes absolutely I, no sense to me. I can't call it. I can't call it. I just I feel like I don't know. I feel like the issue that. I think the issue is that the Bahamas gets grouped into that whole Florida thing. And I feel like a lot of people try to watch the games and they, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, you got to play a chess match to watch the games. Like my parents literally have the league pass and it's like, Oh, the game is in Florida. So you can't watch the game. Or like they have to find all these different ways just to support me, just to support me. And I feel like that's one of the issues. I feel like, I don't know we got to get, just do a better job of getting it out there and just, even if you just drop a link and say this is where the jerseys are, um, I think we gotta just get maybe people to understand how important it is that they do support because the WNBA is not the NBA. If you don't support it, it's probably not gonna be there next year. You know, so yeah. um, you know, I think it's I think it's a combination of all of those things. But I really can't I really can't call it. And we talked about you just said the Bahamas, the Bahamas Twitter. We need to to let them know that. Everyone's like, John Quill Jones won MVP. John Quill Jones is MVP. And it's like, I know, I I looked at our post and I said, hold on, did we post that? And it's like, no, we said AP player of the year. Like, bless our people hearts. They was excited though. (laughs) They They were really excited. I'm not going to lie. They was just excited. Yeah. But but how does it feel to just know that you just got the support from back home? It feels good. It feels good. Um, Yeah, I feel like that's the big thing. It just feels good to like know that your people are behind you. Um, and to know that they're following and um, just really about it. So um, I already know when people try to come at me, some another beaming person is stepping in before I even get a chance to say something. So I'm just like, all right, they got it on the line, even getting into that one, you know? So um, yeah, go like, ahead. You like you got something? No, I'm just saying this is what it's gonna be like because you're gonna have the Candace Parker people that are gonna be talking all of their stuff, and we are gonna have to jump in there and be like, listen, just because y'all been hearing her name longer. Don't mean yeah. That don't mean nothing right now. She in the trenches. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just saying They I, ain't know about the Kong power. That's I, all I know. I'm just saying I need you to put on a, I need you to put on a performance against this woman. That's all I'm saying. I'm hyped for the game already. Hey, I'm hyped for the game. I'm ready. Speaking into existence. <laughs> so uh the twenty nine the twenty nineteen finals, you guys were that close to making it happen. What lessons do you think you learned from that? And how can you, I guess, pass those lessons along to players that weren't a part of the roster then? Because I'm, I'm sure that's going to be the talking point before you guys get it there and hit the court, finish the job that we didn't get to finish in 2019. What did you learn from that? Um, the, well, the players that were on our team at the time, remember the feeling. That's all you have to say. Remember that feeling. Uh, it was not a good feeling. It still hurts. 
Um, you know, I still hate going to DC and looking up and seeing the banner because I feel like it's ours and it should have been, it should be in Connecticut. So, um, yeah, it just hurts a lot and that, um, you got to stay locked in because you could be so close. You could be a quarter away and still not be able to win it, you know, and still not, and still not finish. So, um, it's, it's the mindset. Um, the last time we made it to the championship, we was popping champagne and celebrating and going crazy. I'll, I don't want none of that. None. The job is not done. Um, and I think even not even looking ahead to that, we have to focus on Chicago right now and then, um, you know, reevaluate after, but it's just, yeah, you, you can never get that championship back. You can never go back and, and try to rewrite it. The history is written. So we just have to make sure now that the next time history uh, is written, that we're on, on the side that we want to be on. I know there was a photo of you in the tunnel after that game with the emotion. Do you? How often do you look at that just to remember of, of what it is? It's, just, it's crazy because I, I feel like in the last two weeks, it started off with me and my sister talking about it, and she was just like, I said, you just remember that photo? She was like, I want to put that in your garage inside your house. So when you come back to Atlanta, like, you see when you come inside, and I was just like, that's crazy because I was just thinking about that photo last night. And after that, the day after that, it's like every single person who I spoke to in media has been asking me about this picture. And I was just like, wow. Like, it literally started before anybody had even asked me about it. It was just me and my sister. And then it's been every single conversation I've had leading up to this, um, to this semifinals game. So um, I think about it often. Um, and when I say remember the feeling, that's when my brain clicks to, like, remember that feeling is like just I – don't, I, don't I don't even remember, like, yelling or screaming like that, but I just – Remember how I felt walking off that court and like getting back to that locker room where like all the um all the lockers and stuff had the uh, I guess the wrapping paper or stuff to like protect it from the like champagne and stuff that we were supposed to be shooting and like it was just yeah it was just it, it, it still just, hurts that's it. It, it's over, it's done. it still hurts I can tell all right look it hurts we need we, we need to shift it to happier times and the most <laughs> pressing issue headed into game one. What are you going to be wearing on the feet? What kind of sneaker game are you bringing to game one? We need to know. Um, I'm just going to be wearing my KDs, the orange and blue ones that I wore regular season. I'm not switching it up. Sticking to what works right now. And then as we progress tonight, I may, I may switch it up. Or I may wear my um the white and blue. I have some white and blue KDs. Almost, I don't know why it reminds me of like the Glacier Gatorade. But like it's like an all white frosty type style Katie. So I may wear those depending on what jersey we wear tomorrow. So those two, nothing, nothing crazy. And what do you think about the I mean, you're gonna have the fan support in the playoffs. I know Mohegan Sun is probably one of the best arenas in mm-hmm. in the WMB. It's in smack dab in the middle of a casino. Like, go figure. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> difficult to get in there. Like yeah. I, I remember I went there for one of your games. And I didn't even leave because I didn't know how to get out. <laughs> like, I got in and I couldn't get out. It was like, wow. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But th- th- how does it feel to, to have that home support? I know New England has the pride of winning championships. Like, the, mm-hmm. the, the region. You got the Patriots, the Celtics. You got UConn. What's it going to mean yeah. when Connecticut Sun gets to that, that championship? Because that's what we're looking forward to. Yeah, I was just telling someone earlier today, like, I was watching the first, well, we were watching the first round of the playoffs, and uh, one of the things that came across the screen were, like, franchises that have been to, the, like, the most consecutive, um, not consecutive, the most finals appearances without a championship, and Connecticut was up there, we were just like, nah, it's time to change that. Mm. I think the fan base here deserves it. It's, it's time for them to, to have something to celebrate, and that's not 
college basketball and that is specific to this area because the people have a lot of pride. People have been coming up, talking about the game, excited about it, excited about the way our season is going. And so um, they support and they they are true fans. And so it's time for them to get that championship now and for us to seal the deal. What do you do in this downtime? I mean, other than talking to us, obviously, but what do you do in this downtime at this, the most important time of your career, headed into a pl- postseason where you guys are the number one seed? Like, what are you watching? Is there something that you binge watching just to keep your mind off basketball for a split second, if you can possibly do that? You know what's crazy? I feel like this is this has been, like, not the least, yeah, I was going to say frantic, but not the, this has been the least anxious I've been before a playoff game. And I just, I don't know, I just feel like I can rely on my teammates and I feel like our team in general is just very locked in. And I don't, like, it's not cockiness, it's just like a confidence that we have in each other that we're just ready to play and get on the court. And um, all of us just have so much experience. And, you know, we have Rian January, who has won a championship, DB, who's won a championship. And you have me, Alyssa, um, uh, Breezy, who have played in, in late in the playoffs, and you know, just jazz T. So, like, we understand what it takes. Like, the majority of our team now has been deep into the playoffs and understands how physical it's going to be, um, how loud the arenas are going to be, um, and just the level of playoff basketball. And so, um, like, I'm just doing regular stuff. Like, my cousin is here, my cousin. From Holmes Rock, who I grew up with, not just like a glorified cousin, you know, like my real cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so she she lives up here now, uh, works for the Navy. So like I'm always hanging out with her. We went to go get something to eat today. Um, but I just, you know, been doing, you know, extra cardio, getting extra shots up, um, in my normal tech here at home, just regular stuff, playing my PS5, just regular stuff like that, just chilling and getting ready for the game. I, I had just had to ask this who's a better smack talker? Kirk Miller or Coach Yo? Coach Yo. Coach Yo got that? I didn't think that was going to I know. I feel close. like that he's... He, <laughs> I, didn't that I know he says close. some things, you know, but I'm he just saying. He says stuff, but it's not like a... It's more like a blackout saying stuff. It's not like a, yeah, I'm about to hurt your feelings. Like, I'm thinking about this. It's more like a... It just comes out. You know, uh, like Coach Yo is more strategic about her yeah. trash talk. And um, I think I think Coach Yo's trash talk got a little bit more swag behind it. That's a Bahamian thing. I mean, I was I was about yeah. to say I didn't want to. You just don't know. Sometimes it, you're shocked with yeah. with how people do the smack talking with because you've had great coaches yeah. in your life. So it's like it, it's one of those yeah. things that you just gotta you, you don't you never know. You might be surprised, but yeah. Fact. Reflecting reflecting on this journey though, because if you followed your career from the very beginning, you've won the awards. <laughs> that there are to win just to show progression. You've won the sixth woman of the year, the most improved mm-hmm. player, and now headed into this, having this MVP season. Just reflect on that progression and how you've been able to grow year after year after year and just and just be able to tack on that. Because some people, you know, you see you see them plateau very early and they're not able to just mm-hmm. continue to build on that. But how have you been able to avoid that and just keep working? Yeah, I think it's just like you said, just keep working. Um I don't ever feel satisfied. And I feel like a lot of times people think of it as like going in the gym and like breaking your body up every day. And that's not what it is. It's, it's more of, of you working smarter versus harder and just, you know, just finding small ways that you can be effective and be, and, and make your game better. And just, you know, working on those things daily and, and ultimately it comes together. And I think um, whenever you work on a move or work on a specific skill set, 
it comes a time where it's just like you do it and like it seems like everything just slows down when you do it. So like one of the moves that I was working on a lot, especially when I had like breaks when I was in Atlanta with my sister or just home because that's like where I would go if I have a break, like a quick break or something like that. And like one of the things that I worked on with my trainer there was just like the Euro step um, in like small quarters, like nothing crazy, not going full court, just setting up three cones in the paint and literally Euro stepping around it and just, just working on that, you know, just doing it every day and then doing it with the, um, what's it called? I think I forgot the name of it, but it's like this machine that you like hook on the back of you and gives you resistance and you're just doing it and working on that. And like, I literally, when I get in the game now, like I could literally set it up and I'm like, yeah, she about to get this Euro real quick. Cause you feel it like just from, from your movements and how you practice and how you work on it. And like everything just slows down and it feels effortless. And I feel like that's the, that's the type of feeling that you get when you work on stuff and you just add things to your game. And then ultimately, as you're playing, everything just feels like it's slowed down and you just have a way of, of reading the game and um, not really predicting it, but just feeling like you're in control at all times, if that makes sense. So um, I, think that's the, I think that's the biggest thing is just working on small things, um, just picking a, a, a part of your game that you want to be better at and getting in the gym. What I got from that was Candace Parker about to get 57 Euro steps tomorrow. Yeah, and like oh, 50, a 50 piece on it. 57 This is I'm trying to get Chicago fuel. Every, every, yeah. sing, every single time. We have that much confidence that you will make no. at least 85% of those Euro step shots. We do, we do. We thank do. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is, before we get you out of here, this has been amazing time in Bahamian basketball recently. We have never mm-hmm. had this big of a group of professionals and professionals performing at a high level. Like I'm sure people ask you this all the time about basketball in the Bahamas, but just how do you feel just being a part of this? And I mean, with the awards that you have, I would say the leader of this. Oh, I always say the most decorated and future hall of fame, John Quill Jones. That's, I think that's what I say all the time. Thank you. (laughs) I'm always going to say that. And to this day, no one, like no one has the accolades you have right now. Yeah. But what's it like just being a part of this movement to see Bahamian basketball become this global phenomenon? Um, I'm proud of it. I'm proud to be a part of it, but I also, um, I wanted to get to the point where like the Bahamian can stay home and do it. Like I'm just, I'm waiting for the government or the powers that be somebody to just say like, okay, like, basketball is great in the Bahamas and not just basketball, but sports in general. Like we have so much raw talent. Like it's no way we don't have a Bahamas basketball academy or just an academy in general. Like there's no way that IMG is like right across the, the, the water and they have that big, you know what I'm saying? Like a facility like that. We should be able to have Bahamian basketball players have a place where they can train year round. Um, not just basketball players, just sports in general. Like I keep saying, where they can train year round and just really hone their craft and, and stay home and be able to take the next step without having to leave their families and, um, you know, just not have to do the things that we did. And so while I'm happy with how my career is going, I always, like, I always sit back and think about it like, damn, like, I really am not, I'm not doing enough for, like, the next generation. You know, like, I feel like the next Jungle Jones is is in a corner, like me and home drop growing up, dribbling the ball, just waiting for that opportunity. And, like, because of my... My because of me having to go overseas all the time and the way my career is, I just don't ever have any time to even go home and do anything, you know. So I have to start thinking of other ways that I could impact that would help without me being there because obviously it's not going to change anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I like I'm happy. I'm happy that I see Bahamians doing it in sports all over. But 
every time, the majority of the time you see those stories, those stories are people that left home at a very young age to pursue um, their dreams versus people staying home and being able to pursue it there. Who is your favorite Bahamian athlete to watch? My favorite Bahamian athlete to watch? Ooh. I feel like I watched a lot of Joanna just trying to follow her in the Olympics, but um, I'd say I'd say Buddy honestly. I feel like his the his um his motor his motor is really like like top notch. He can play at a high level for a very long time. I think him. I think Jazz has been has been creeping up there though. He is good. Like, and then Kai has that motor too. So so I feel like those three are like the top three that I really watch a lot. Um, and then. I can't pick that man. That's a trick question. <laughs> everybody, just everybody. It's so much to, and everybody, that's a crazy everybody. thing. It's so much to pick from because you got Shawnee and Stevie winning gold medals at the highest level. How is that? That's cause... what I'm saying. Like I literally, after I answered that question, I was like, Shawnee and Stevie, should I even think about them? <laughs> it's just you could you could choose disciplines and be like, you know, basketball. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. this. Baseball. I think it's that. Swimming. I do this. Yeah. So you could just say it's a discipline thing in, yeah. in sports. That's probably that's there probably you go. all right. Balance. So we gotta we gotta circle back to where we started. I just need you to add just two songs to your playlist for tomorrow. I need you to two give songs? give CLB um, one more um, give CLB one okay, more so shot. I gotta, I gotta give you the K Camp one that I listen to right now. Right. Yeah. Let me let me. I got. I want the perfect. I want the name to be correct. So it's like a a remake of like my whole life has changed. So. What is it? His life has changed. I go hard. You got to hear that. You got don't listen to that on no phone. You got to listen to that with some bass. I will listen. When the beat drop, I'm downloading this tonight. I this is gonna be on my gym playlist in the morning. But if I'm gonna yeah. listen to K Camp, I need you to listen to CLB before this game, please. I've been listening to CLB all the time. All right, fine. All right, champagne poetry and pipe down. I just need you to listen to those two right pipe before down. this game. Pipe down. I love pipe down. I was, I was just playing pipe down after we finished the regular season. I love. I, it's a lot of songs in there that I like. I like seven eight. Was it seven a.m. on Birdie Path or something? No, seven a.m. on Bridal Path. She was just saying the body yeah, of work of the other was, albums that better. This, the sun just won the title. The sun just won the title. Everybody else, pipe down. <laughs> Chicago, pipe down. <laughs> Joe Quill, thank you so much for being here for joining us. Listen, we are going. We're going to talk to you again on this run because this is just uh, this is just the podcast before the, the semifinals. We got to talk to you again before right. the finals. All right, sounds good. Thank you all for having me. All right, good luck on the rest of the way, and congratulations on any awards that may come this week. Stay tuned.